0: Welcome to this special NeoZaz.com podcast miniseries, Orion EFT-1. This is my account and coverage of the NASA social event for the historic first flight of the Orion spacecraft. This originally was a one-episode special that ran nearly three hours long. Now, while this wouldn't be the first three-hour episode we've released on NeoZaz.com, when I went through the editing process, I kind of found the whole episode falling into three distinctive parts. So with that, I went back and created this three-part miniseries. So if a three-hour single episode is not something you're looking for, maybe the information you're looking to hear falls into one of these parts. Part one is a lot about Orion, its first mission, the NASA social event, how I got involved, and my first look at Orion itself. Part two is the speaker series of this podcast. We hear from a lot of fantastic guests during a live NASA TV broadcast and then head over to the Kennedy Space Center Visitors Complex to hear from even more and a couple of surprise guests. Part three is day two and day three of this event and the grand finale, the launch itself. This miniseries is something I am incredibly proud to have been a part of, and I hope if you're a NASA and space enthusiast, you enjoy it as well. So without any further ado, here is part one of the Newsaz.com special podcast miniseries, Orion EFT-1. 1, Liftoff. All right,
1: now liftoff and the clock is started. This is Freedom 7. The fuel is go 1.2G. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. And we have liftoff, liftoff of America's first space shuttle. And the shuttle has cleared the tower. After All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff! The final liftoff of Atlantis on the shoulders of the space shuttle. America will continue the dream. A beautiful morning for a launch in Florida. The igniters have been lit. Nine, eight,
0: seven, six,
1: five, four, three, two, one, and liftoff at dawn, the dawn of Orion and a new era of American space exploration.
0: Welcome to this special NeoZaz.com podcast. My name is Matt, and the title of this special is Orion EFT-1. Now, what exactly is that, and what is this special about? Well, this is the full account and report of the Orion EFT-1 social at Kennedy Space Center and Port Canaveral Air Force Station held this past December 3rd and 4th, and a little bit into December 5th. It was an event that I was incredibly fortunate and very lucky you have attended and i want to take this opportunity and this special podcast to try to share that experience with you as best i can as well as share a lot of what i learned in this event so first off starting with that what is orion if you don't already know orion is this generation's deep space vehicle for nasa It will carry a crew into space, sustain them for a long period of time, a long period of space travel time, and then safely return them back to Earth. It's what will take us back to the moon and the vehicle that will finally take us to Mars. And December 5th was the very first test launch for Orion. This test launch took Orion further into space than any crewed spacecraft from NASA has gone since 1972. The mission title was EFT-1 and was dubbed during this event as the first step to Mars. Now for the mission itself for EFT-1. Well, first off, EFT-1 is an abbreviation for Exploration Flight Test 1. This was, as I said, the first flight for the Orion multifunction, multi-destination crew vehicle. It was a four-hour test flight with two orbits around Earth. A Delta IV heavy rocket is what was used to take Orion out of the atmosphere. After the boosters separated and disengaged, Orion took its first full trip around Earth, its first full orbit. Now, this was a low Earth orbit. This is something the shuttle has been doing its entire life, the entire lifespan of the shuttle program. And it's what the International Space Station is currently doing now. Now, what's a little more significant for this Orion test launch was the second orbit. After that first orbit completed, a second stage burn aboard the Orion vehicle itself commenced and took this crew space vehicle into high Earth orbit for the first time in 42 years. This second orbit was an elongated orbit with its apogee reaching 3,600 nautical miles from Earth and also took the vehicle through the Van Allen radiation belt. After reaching that 3,600 nautical mile point, it returned back to its starting point and then started its return back to Earth. At this point, the crew capsule was jettisoned and the reentry started. And this was the big test for the heat shield because during reentry through the atmosphere, that the heat shield experienced temperatures up to 4,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, after this peak heating period, Another test took place and that was the deployment of the parachute system. The first part of that parachute deployment test was a pair of parachutes that were launched to kind of stabilize Orion and put it into position for splashdown. Once that test was successful, the three main parachutes were deployed. Now, these huge parachutes, by design, unfurl very slowly. That's so it can suddenly decelerate. To the, to the point where the crew capsule will eventually splash down. So instead of having a rapid, jarring stop with one full parachute, these large parachutes, and if you go and see the splashdown video, which I encourage everyone to watch all the videos that I'll be referring to in this podcast to check out, you'll see how those parachutes actually work. It's actually a really cool thing to see them slowly open, as, again, as, as they are designed to do. So that's in a nutshell explanation of both Orion and EFT-1 mission. Now, as I started off this episode, I said this is the full account of the NASA social event for Orion EFT-1. And if you're not familiar with what NASA a NASA social event is, or NASA social in general, here's a little bit on that. NASA social is an extension of NASA's social media program. It's an informal meeting of people that engage in social media, new media, and also engage with NASA's social media presence, be it on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, through their website, through any... NASA has a very strong social media presence in just about every social media forum available, and as more become available and prevalent, I'm sure they're going to be one of the first adopters of that as well. These socials are set up to give us social media followers, a unique opportunity to go behind the scenes of NASA facilities and engage with the scientists, engineers, astronauts, and managers, and the people behind these incredible projects. It also gives us an opportunity to meet each other. There's sometimes where we all interact with each other in different ways through comments and retweeting and whatnot. So we're familiar with who each other are, but this gives us one of those rare opportunities to meet each other face-to-face as well as the NASA social media team. This particular social media event was an amazing two-day event focusing on Orion, on EFT-1, and on the future plans for Orion. Now, the next obvious question is probably, how and why did I get involved? Well, the why part is really easy. My whole life, I have been a huge fan of space 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 exploration and of the things nasa has done and is doing and regardless that our podcast network has a lot of shows dedicated to pop culture things we like in movies in tv and whatnot and and in particular our star wars podcast which is a science or more of a space opera type theme real space exploration is trumps that for me i i in fact, my favorite movie of all time, outside of, not even outside of that, my favorite movie of all time, even past Star Wars, is The Right Stuff. I absolutely have been a huge fan and love learning about real space exploration, the real things that we're doing, not only in this country, but all over the world. I grew up with the shuttle program. I saw the first shuttle launch in school, like many people of my age have, and watched just about, I'm not going to say every. Shuttle launch, but a majority of shuttle launch coverages on TV. When I could, when I could, there were sometimes I couldn't, especially when I had lived in another country. Uh, the U.S. space program shuttle launches towards their uh, midlife were not big news coverage for other countries, as you can imagine. But regard anyway, still a fan of it. Was really really disappointed and sad to see that program. And again, I think as many people that were fans of that were, but. With that, I was very excited to learn and read and anticipate and wait for the Constellation program and watch the now canceled or whatever you want to call it, uh, changed Constellation. Watch the Constellation program, in my opinion, the way I view it. Watch the Constellation program change into Orion and watched what was happening with Orion up to this point and then stumbled upon this amazing opportunity, which I think is going to lead into the how did I get involved. The how, a little more to it than that. I'll keep it as short as I can here. First and foremost, I, I love visiting Kennedy Space Center. I have since I moved here. When I moved to Florida, the very first tourist attraction I did see was Universal Studios. I'll admit that. That was before Kennedy Space Center. But the second, and literally the second weekend I lived here, was Kennedy Space Center. And I think I talked more about that to the folks and the people back home. Than Universal. I enjoyed it so much to the point that when these friends would come to visit, I would almost insist that we go and visit Kennedy Space Center. It was something that I really, really enjoyed and something that was important to me. And I wanted to share it with with my friends and family when they'd come to visit. Now, moving into the deeper digital age and the social media age that we're in now, I, I followed. Kennedy Space Center and NASA on Facebook right away. Once once I once I got on Facebook, I'll admit I was a, a late adapter. It's been a few years now, but I was certainly not one of the very first people on there. Uh Twitter, the same story. Kind of followed that after Facebook and followed a lot of, a lot of space theme things on there, including the official NASA and unofficial NASA Twitter accounts. Really just anything that had to do with space exploration and or or NASA that eventually included finally following the account at NASA social on Twitter which is the seems to be the main account that these socials use to share information talk about these events and whatnot because i had been watching the interaction from previous events from this started to get a bit of an understanding that these socials at least existed, didn't get a complete understanding of what they were, but was getting the gist of that something was out there and that the people behind these were reaching out to people like me, people on social media, people that have a new media type outlet. And and it, it certainly sparked my curiosity. So I always had had it in the back of my mind and kind of, not kind of, but did want to find out more about it sometime. Just one of those things I hadn't really got to. That was at least until earlier this year, 2014, when I had some friends that are very big NASA fans as well. In fact, they're the ones I talked to about NASA and space exploration in general, about the most, or to the most, were coming to visit. So I naturally jumped on the Kennedy Space Center website to see if there's any special events or special tours that we hadn't done before that might be of interest or worth taking the limited time they had to visit to go and see. And while I was on that website, it something, I don't know if I saw something or if it was just in the back of my mind, something reminded me to check out more about NASA Social. So I did. And lo and behold, as I did, this was just within days of posting, if not the day of posting or very closely to that, the announcement of taking applications for their Orion EFT-1 social event. And I thought it'd be incredibly foolish not to at least try. So I immediately clicked on the event link, and that led me to the application form. And I applied. I filled it out honestly. There are some questions about what I did personally or with the organization I was that had anything to do with social media or new media talked about the podcast, talked about what I would do post this event to share the information, which included this podcast I'm recording right now. just filled out best I could with the accurate information. Like I said, honesty was the, was the big thing in this one. I wasn't going to sit there and say, I do a, a science-based podcast that has 2 million downloads because one, I mean, that's something you can find out really easily isn't true. And two, That's not what I do, and I wasn't going to misrepresent myself. So, I I filled out the application. I didn't know what to really expect response-wise, if any. I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't expect any response. I certainly hoped for one, absolutely hoped for one, but really didn't know. This was the first time I'd ever gotten involved with anything, with one of these NASA socials. So I sent out the application and kind of waited, wondered, I'm not going to say forgot about it, but just kind of went on with everything else we do at Neozaz and just <laughs> just kind of moved on. Well, one night before going, literally before going to bed, one of the habits I have, which may or may not be a good or bad habit, I don't know, you judge it for yourself. Before I get to bed, I check my email on my phone. And in fact, doubly this so, this time so, because the Little tone. I have an iPhone. You know what that sound sounds like? That little tone went off saying I had an email. So I was about to crawl on the bed, looked at my phone, and there was my email saying I had been accepted for attending the social. And uh, it I was midnight, literally, it was midnight. I immediately text my two friends I had just mentioned about that were coming. Uh, this is actually after they had come and gone that just because I had mentioned to them I had applied for this that I told them about it our text went back and forth for about 20 minutes which was fine because there was really no way I was going to get a deep sleep this night because I was incredibly excited again I had no idea what this actual social event was yet I just knew and this was the important part to me I knew I was going to be there for the very first launch of Orion, and I couldn't believe it. Simply said, I I could go on and on, but I think you get the gist of how excited I was. So you know, I was accepted to attend the social. The application process still wasn't completely done yet. In this acceptance email, I was directed to a security clearance form or some sort of security form. I'm not sure if the word clearance was on there. Definitely a security form I had to go online and fill out, which I did right away that next day i didn't do it that night i wanted to make sure i did get some amount of sleep so i was clear-headed because i I wasn't really sure what to expect turns out there was no real objective questions it was just a straightforward what's your name what country you're born in date date of birth probably social security number things like that very very factual questions so not difficult to fill out accurately so i did submitted it waited uh, i don't remember how long the wait was it was a few weeks. I remember emailing the social team to see if there was anything wrong, and they actually wrote back uh, a pretty encouraging letter saying, if you don't hear something right away, that usually means there's nothing wrong. So I was like, okay, that that reassured me. And sure enough, I think maybe like a week after asking that question, it came through all clear. Uh, this is where I go to get my pass, make sure I have these, any of these forms ID, blah, blah, yada, 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 and all that stuff. So again, when that email came, another very very exciting moment. I it did not come at night. That came during the day. I was actually wow. I just remember this. I was on a plane that just landed in Southern California. I was in Southern California for a race, and that's one of the first emails I read after we could switch our phones out of airplane mode. So that's that's that actually that was a special event weekend already, and that just made it a little more so. Now that I remember it. So for the most part, after getting the full. across the board, acceptance, clearance, and everything else, verification, confirmation, whatever word you want to use, that I was going to this event, I really couldn't think about too much else other than this upcoming event. I got that last confirmation about two weeks. In fact, I think it was exactly two weeks before the event. So didn't really think of much else, didn't know what to expect, but was getting really, really excited about it. But the day did finally come for the first day of the social, and again, having no idea what I was headed towards or what this was going to be about, I was still really excited. In fact, once I hit the road and got moving, I did a little bit of recording along the way and during the event with my portable recorder, and I have a little bit of me pondering what the day was going to be like in this recording right now. This is Matt, and I am headed out to Kennedy Space Center for the first day of the Orion test launch social event. Uh, This is the day before the actual launch. We're going to get a tour of behind the scenes of Kennedy Space Center, from what I understand, the launch complex, which is Launch Complex 37, where Orion is sitting atop a Delta rocket right now, and... Then some more of the social event in the afternoon, which I'm not even really sure what it is. So I'm really looking forward to that. So it is just past six o'clock in the morning. I'm headed to the PASS office to pick up my credentials so I can get into the event and really not sure what to expect other than something I'm really excited to see. So hope to have a lot more to report here very soon. So the first event for me of day one was picking up their credentials. I that to me is exciting. I, I've done a couple events where I've been given a media or press pass for whatever the event was. And it's always exciting to me. I I can't really explain why. I think it has something to do with the fact that neozaz.com by and large is a labor of love for me and my friends. And when we're able to do events like this because of all the hard work we've put in over the years. It makes these events and and being able to be part of them in this fashion something special at least for me. I think that might be why I get so excited. But anyway, so I drove out to the pass office. Now the fun part for me, and I'm saying that I'm giggling because it's it's kind of sarcastic. I I am very terrible with directions. I mean I am the worst you'll ever meet at directions. I can't find my way out of the neighborhood at the time, and I've lived here for 15 years, but um. Thank God for smartphones because with the GPS function, with Google Maps, with the integrated maps, with the MapQuest, there's just always an option that'll get me to where I need to go, and usually on time. In fact, it gets it gets better every year. Port Canaveral, particularly in Kennedy Space Center and the Air Force Station, does not use street addresses, so we were not provided any street addresses. So what I had to do was kind of map out on Google Maps, where this was in relation to where street addresses ended and the information that the social team gave us. Now, I will tell you this, just kind of a spoiler into the story. Directions were fantastic. I had no trouble getting to it. But once I got into that kind of gray area from going from street addresses on on my phone to going to these directions that I, to a place I'd never been, I get a little nervous. But Like I said, I just said, no problem. I got there just fine. So very happy to say they provided some absolutely great directions. Got to the pass office. There was quite a few people there. We were all... It was probably about 6.30, quarter, seven when I got there early. But I don't think there was one grimace on anyone's faces. We were all excited to be there. And dealing with the staff... Or interacting with the staff, because dealing, I think, is a negative connotation. Interacting with the staff at the press, at the pass office, the, the credential office, was wonderful. And that set the tone for everyone I dealt with from that point on to leaving after the launch. Everybody was so nice, so pleasant, polite, just top-notch across the board. And it's always like that when I go to Kennedy Space Center Visitor Complex as well, which is another reason I love to go there. But I just want to make sure I took the time to state that because everyone was awesome. So I had got went up to the counter, presented my IDs, got a form to fill out, which was really just a... uh, There was two forms. One was an emergency contact, and one was to sign for my credentials itself, stating that I got it and that I agreed to the terms of what I was allowed and not allowed to do on property, which was no problem. There was no way in any way, shape, or form... I was going to endanger myself of not being able to return there, so not an issue. Signed off for everything, got back in the car, and recorded another little clip about the leaving, about that experience and going on to the next phase that I'm going to play right now. All right, I just got my badge. Pretty simple procedure, gave him my two forms of ID, filled out a real quick form, and now I am waiting in a line of traffic to get through a security badge check. And then from there, I will go to the building where the event starts. So more in a little bit. So I had followed the directions given to me to go where to go next after the press office. And it was a spot or it was a road i had never heard of or never been on anywhere near Kennedy Space Center. And we quickly ran, not ran into, but came across the security gate. This was, I think, three lanes in and out. And every row, every lane had a security guard right there, checking our credentials and our IDs. And it was a long line, but things moved pretty quickly. Uh, But the exciting part for me, once again, it was a place on Kennedy Space Center I'd never been before. Certainly I've never been through a security gate of this magnitude. Uh, The parking security gate, I think, is the most, most elaborate thing I'd been through there. So this was exciting. The, build, the recognizable buildings were starting to crop up from a different angle. That's kind of, to me, another highlight of this. As I saw the VAB, but from a different side. Oh, I mean, I was still approaching it from the same direction, but, but at a different angle. It was on a different side of the street, more or less. Uh, little things like that just made this trip really, really exciting. So I had got as I, I had gotten through the line, got up to my part in security. I turned my recorder off, flat off wasn't going to endanger myself whatsoever of doing something I shouldn't do, but I almost wish I did because there was an interaction between me and the security guard that was actually kind of fun because my license picture is old. I don't know why I've not been forced to get a new picture yet, but it is old. So here is a recording of the post-conversation with me and the security guard from my perspective, best I could remember, right after giving him my ancient photo license. Okay, just got through badge check, and as usual, there's a comment on the picture of my license, which I think is close to 15, if not closer to 20 years old. And ironically, I have NPR on, and they're talking about Orion. Let's see if I can get some of it on this recording.
1: ...fully assembled, emerged from a Kennedy Space Center processing building dating to the Apollo program. It was transported at a walking pace, escorted by a minor parade of vehicles.
0: So there's a little bit about it, and I'm going to cut it off now because I'm approaching the VAB, and this is unique. I've never driven this close to the Vehicle Assembly Building before, so I'm going to cut it off and just enjoy this and talk probably more about it after it's done. Now, I mentioned in that clip I was approaching the VAB. That's the Vehicle Assembly Building. And if you're a fan of NASA in any form, you've seen this building. It's been featured in movies, television coverage. If, if you've been to Kennedy Space Center, you can't miss it. In fact, the bus drives right by it on every tour. And it I have seen it I don't know how many times now, and I've actually been in it a few times. And I had always been brought there by bus driving towards it. Even though it's a building I've seen, it's a building I've been inside. Driving towards it in my own car was another unique experience for me. It was one of those moments for me where I hadn't really ever thought about doing it, but now I was doing it. So I don't know if this you can call this kind of a a, a bucket list in the making where all of a sudden I can now say that I drove up to the VAB because I did. And to me, that actually is pretty cool. And to some of my friends, it's pretty cool. To some other people, it means absolutely nothing. But for me to drive up in my car with myself behind the wheel to the vehicle assembly building, this was, uh, this was just the third real marker of what happened in that day. And I hadn't even gotten to the social yet. I'm already having a great day. I mean, that's, I, I think that's why I'm taking the time to point things like this out. I'm already beside myself. I'm almost in that cloud of, is this really happening at this point? Because I'm already having so much fun and the day hasn't even really, really started yet. So I had, was approaching the VAB. I was actually on my way to the Operation Support Building 2, which is on the same grounds. And at this point now, there are signs for the NASA Social. NASA Social has a very unique logo, hard to miss, especially when you're looking for it because you're told signs will be there. So I'm following the signs for the Social, which leads me to parking. And after one right turn, there's a couple little twists and turns to get to the parking lot that we were supposed to be at. As I turn into the lot to get a spot, lo and behold, I'm now in front of the vehicle assembly building. So I actually move over towards, picture this, the parking is, the majority of the parking is to the left of the VAB where you would see past it, but to the right is directly in front of the VAB. I parked away from where most of the cars were already parked so that I could park dead center in front of the VAB and take a picture of that from my car and just take A moment to enjoy what was what was already happening. Again, not to keep hammering it home, but the the day hadn't really started yet, and these are already just amazing things for a a space nut and a NASA nut like me to be experiencing. So I got out of the car. I actually stood in front of the car and took some pictures of the VAB from where I was parked before I headed over to the OSB two, which is the operation support building two. This was the building that we were going to meet, and in. in fact, we were eventually all going to be meeting in the 300-seat mission conference room on the fifth floor of that building. It's a five-story building, and the conference room is at the top. As I walked down the first walkway from the parking lot towards the building, there was a young lady there with a social sign and a big smile on her face asking me if I was there for the social, which, of course, I said yes, and she directed me to the specific door I had to go to, which was. I didn't really think much about it. I mean, because there are several doors along this particular wall, but she said to go through that door. it's Like, okay, she said to go through that door. I certainly will, and it made perfect sense why. Because as soon as I went through that door, was a another social media or part of the social staff waiting there to guide me towards the end of that hall. And I think to the left. This doesn't really matter. But and when I went to make that turn, there was a row of elevators and another staff member waiting for me and. They escorted me up to the fifth floor of OSB2. So I took the elevator up. We had some a very pleasant conversation with the attendant. She asked me where I was from, what I do, that sort of thing. I asked her the same thing. Sure, it turns out she is actually a, a office worker within the OSB2, which was to me really cool. I was actually a little envious. Uh, but, but eventually, the uh, it was a very short elevator ride. We got to the fifth floor. I was let off. And... I did my initial check in and then was uh, we weren't quite ready to meet in the conference room yet so I was invited to go out on the 5th floor balcony and that was another cool moment. I mean it's, <laughs> now I'm on the 5th floor and it wasn't even a balcony it's an observation deck. Huge area. I felt like I was standing like right next to the VAB. I mean I felt like if I if I my arm was just another foot Longer, I could have put my hand against it. It was the VAB to the left, launch complexes center, and to the right. And the sun was coming up over all of it. Absolutely beautiful. Just and some little, just cool little things that you, I, I wouldn't have even thought of to look for. But we're right there in front of me. You look down, dead center in the courtyard in front of the OSB two is a a jogging or walking track. It's a one of those real fine stone trail tracks, the shape of a space shuttle. And at the beginning and end of the track was one of those workout stations where you could do pull-ups, sit-ups, squats, and whatnot, and go back on the track. That was really cool. I really, really, as a runner, as a novice runner, I really wanted to get on that track. That area was roped off, though, so I was not going to chance it. Maybe someday. I don't know. Maybe there'll be a fitness NASA social. That would be awesome, actually. But anyway, not going to chance it. I'm not disappointed they couldn't do it, but would love to do that one day. Uh, Another really cool detail on this observation deck was that each out in each corner of the deck was a LED, red LED clock with about, I don't know, I'm going to say about five, six-inch numbers counting down to Orion, and it had just crossed the 24-hour mark, so it was just after seven o'clock. Awesome, awesome moment once again. I did take just a few seconds to find a quiet corner of the balcony and do just a little in-the-moment recording, which I'll share right here. I am currently standing on the fifth floor balcony of the Operations Building number 2 at Kennedy Space Center, the Vehicle Assembly Building. It feels like it's just right out of my reach. It's so close. The mission control is to the right of it. You can see Orion out in the distance at... Launch complex, uh, 37 with the sun rising, pretty incredible morning so far. So, um, we're going to have a presentation here very shortly. So I'll capture what I can of that and be back with more. I hope I had about, I'd probably say about a better part of an hour to enjoy the balcony. Not quite an hour, probably about 50 ish minutes. Not that not that is really important to this story. But I had taken a ton of pictures and in various shades of light because the sun was coming up. That was that was a unique opportunity. Another thing that you just I did not plan for, didn't even imagine what happened. So that was cool. Uh, about when this hour or so had passed, more attendees had started to arrive, and we were able to start picking up our our bag, our like I, a swag bag, gift bag. I don't know what you want to call it, but our our bag, attendance bag, and our IDs for the event. So. Um, first was the, the ID. It was really cool. They're red, black, and white. It had my name on it. It has the event name on it. And in the center uh, at the top was actually the, the name of the event at the bottom was, was my name. And in the center was a black and white artist rendering of Orion and orbit. We also got a NASA social branded lanyard to put our IDs on, which was kind of cool. And then the bag, the attendance bag, I guess you could call it that, that had some really cool stuff in it as well. Here's a rundown of pretty much what was in the bag. It was uh first what the bag itself was a black tote bag with these really colorful images of Orion launching and Orion in space. I'd say it was predominantly orange color, but it was, it was a full color print. So it was like kind of orange on black, and th- that's actually one of my real one of my favorite color combinations, orange, black, and silver, actually. Uh so that the, the bag was a really cool r- for me. Um inside the bag, this was cool. This is where n- when you start to feel like this is something's really going on here. You pulled out a white folder, completely white, with about a two-inch NASA logo logo in the center, and then you opened it up, and it is just—it's full of all kinds of information. It's full of uh, stat sheets on Orion, on the Van Allen radi- radiation belt, uh, ground operations, the Delta IV Heavy, the SLS, all kinds of really cool information. There's a really cool. Punch out a paper Orion desk model, or you could punch out the pieces and assemble them. Yet, which I haven't done yet. I do need to do that actually. Uh, not that you can see any of this, but my office is not about going to be in the midst of an overhaul. So once that that's done, that's one of the first things I'm doing is putting together that that desk model and putting it up setting it up here. Uh, there was stickers, NASA sticker, ground operations sticker, and probably the most talked about things by all of us as attendees as a group was there it was an awesome Orion logo pin and an orion eft mission logo pin those were awesome i actually the whole bag was awesome but the uh the pins i think were the the highlight for everybody so at this point finally now we're finally starting to filter into the auditorium and to what is really the start of the event even though so much has happened before then i mean even though the event kickoff isn't till I don't have uh, I don't have the agenda in front of me. Let's say eight o'clock. So it's not quite eight o'clock yet. We're all sitting down. We're getting ready for eight o'clock to start. I've had I've done so much more than I expected to do with this already, and it hasn't even officially started. So as you can imagine, it's just gonna get better and better from here. So we get to that eight o'clock hour, and just about all the attendees are there. If not all of them, I, I would imagine there's probably a few. Stragglers here and there, especially with that line at security. I mean, that is something uh, you—if you, you've never been to one of these, it's hard to plan for because you didn't know they existed. I was lucky enough to get there early enough and get through. But uh, we're the event is officially kicked off, and we meet the two gentlemen that really make all this possible. They are the head of the NASA social media team, and they coordinate these—the entire all these social events, including this one. And their names are John Yembrick and Jason Townsend, two very nice, very approachable, very friendly gentlemen that truly do, when I say they coordinate this whole thing, I I mean all the way down to the very first email I got was signed by John and a follow-up one signed by Jason. I, I mentioned early on in this podcast, I've gotten media passes for a couple other events, and they're signed by someone I will never meet. I pick it up from a volunteer from the event that doesn't know even doesn't know the person's name that even sent me the email. Never meet these people. Definitely not the case here. I and mean, John and Jason have their hands in all this and, and good for them because it is a they've done a fantastic job with this event and I undoubtedly with all the other events. So I wanna I'm sure I'll be thanking and singing their praises throughout the rest of this recording. But I'm taking the moment here to say that those two guys do a fantastic job not only on the social event side but on the social media side as well they manage uh, quite literally hundreds of social media accounts for NASA and they are always posting there's always great information in those they there there's never a a, a, time, a downtime or a period of a blackout if you want whatever you want to call it i don't even know there probably is a term i know in pod podcasting when you don't have an episode out for a few weeks it's called pod fading i'm sure there's a term for that in social media i'm just not aware of it but there whatever that is it doesn't apply to them because that, that never happens on the NASA social media accounts, and um, this event was not only incredible, but from, from, from my perspective, and I think from everybody else's perspective, went off without a hitch. No idea how much work they must have done behind the scenes to get ready for this, but whatever work they did to prepare for it paid off because it was went off with zero hitches from an attendee standpoint. I just want to point that out. Anyway. Not sure if they'll ever hear that, but whether they do or don't, that, that needed to be said because they, they certainly deserve that praise. Okay. Uh, where was I? I was... Okay. Th- this point this point. now, we had heard from John and Jason, and we were into self-introductions. So what had happened was we a microphone was passed up and down the aisles where we could introduce ourselves. Now, there were 150 of us in attendance, and we're from all over the world, from all realms of industry. There was bloggers, there was teachers, there was engineers, there was an educational television host, there's other podcasters other than than myself. There was an independent comic writer and artist. There was an army ranger, pilots, like I said, just people from every walk of life just about. And I even had lunch with a, a a gentleman originally from Germany who now lives in San Jose working for Google. So just all kinds of attendees from across the board. Now, like I said, there was 150 of us that had to introduce ourselves, and some were pretty comfortable behind the mic. Others started out flat out saying that they hate this part. And then there's people like me in between that gets nervous until the mic's in their hand, and then I don't know what happens. Uh, I, I get through it okay. The nerves don't get the best of me all the time. Sometimes they do. But anyway, I, my point is I did record this part, but it was long. It took an hour or more. To record everybody. And after going back and hearing it and hearing a lot of people's hesitations, I am not going to play much of this at all. In fact, I'm only, only going to play our host, Jason and John's introductions and my own for fear, not even fear, but I just don't want to inadvertently uh, upset anybody or embarrass anybody that wouldn't want the introduction replayed. So I think it's safe to play John and Jason's and I know it's I'm okay to play mine. So what had happened what we did was, the mic was passed around, we gave our name, where we were from, what we do, and an, inter- and an interesting fact about ourselves. So here is a little bit of that, first from John and Jason, then from me. Um, okay, by the way, just real quick, how many people have never, ever been to a NASA social
1: event before? Can you raise your hand?
0: It's funny because I we notice the people that have come. I feel like everyone here I've seen before, but then all your names match right. And we, so we, we follow all you all online. So you know we put you on the Twitter list and everything, and and so on. So we feel like we know you a little bit. I know <laughs> the names. So I'm like oh, I know this person. Like I don't know you at all. <laughs> <laughs> Interacting with you on social media and also on uh, on email. So. Um, did you start? Did you I'll also start? And then okay, see if I'm go, go for it. For it. Uh, so, like Jason said, I'm John Yembrick. This is what we do. I'm John Yembrick. Uh, I live in San Francisco. Uh, my office is in Washington D.C., but I live in San Francisco, California. Uh, one interesting fact about myself is I used to live on a boat. Uh, that's, uh, a move, so that's not as interesting
1: anymore.
0: But uh, Jason, go ahead. And that's it. Oh, and your handle, please. My handle, my personal handle is @yembrick. Um, so I'm Jason Townsend. My personal Twitter handle is @j_towns. J-T-O-W-N-S. J-T-O-W-N-S um and i live in washington dc and work in washington dc i'm like mystery um so uh and one interesting fact i collect rubber duckies for my bathroom so i have astronaut <laughs> rubber duckies i've got texas cowboy hat rubber duckies i've got nurse ones and doctors and firefighters and policemen and the whole nine yards so that's my interesting interesting you out just you? I have no clue if other people have or not, but <laughs> that's it's something when I travel,
1: I see an interesting road product, pick it up. What can I say? So there you go. So we'll uh, just take the mic and pass it just up down the rows here, uh, if we can hear your introductions. Thanks.
0: Good morning, everyone. My name is Matt Hunter from Podcast Network. We do a kind of podcast about on any subject you can think of. That's also our social media, handle for everything. My first... NASA Social, be really psyched. I'm from Orlando, so it was a tough journey to get here. <laughs> uh, interesting fact when I'm not working on the podcast or following everything about NASA, I coordinate an international art project and auction that benefits underprivileged children at Christmas and a large support for Code Yay! Thank you. Thank you. So once we got through all the introductions, almost all 150, in fact, we had run a little long, and I think we probably missed like the last 20 or so. It was now time. It was a part of the agenda where we were going to load up on the bus and get our tour. So we did. We had exited out. We actually all shot right out of the auditorium to the elevators because that's how we had all come up. And then we all realized we had all come up individually and going down 150 people at one time wasn't going to cut it. So many of us beeline for the stairs. It was only five stories down and going down the stairs, much easier than going up anyway. So. We got down, got loaded onto the buses. There's three buses all together, nice, big, comfortable, air conditioned tour buses. So we were all comfortable, nicely seated. The buses headed on their way. And our very first stop was going to be, was not going to be, but actually was to Orion atop the Delta IV Heavy on launch pad complex 37. So the buses headed out. Closer we got to the actual launching pad. There was a little bit of a somber note as we passed a pretty historic landmark for NASA and and for the. US space program. It is the pad of Launch Complex 34. this is a site of the Apollo 1 tragedy. This is where a cabin flash fire had broke out and killed astronauts Ed White, Roger Chaffee, and Gus Grissom on January 27, 1967. A pad's been preserved. And stands as a landmark and a memorial and tribute to those three astronauts. So even though we were a little excited, I think at least everyone on our bus, in fact, I'm sure of it, did take a moment to pay respects and kind of do an impromptu moment of silence as we passed by. So after that, we did move further onto Orion, and the closer we got to the launch complex, to launch complex 30, launch complex 37, the better look we were getting. From Orion from the bus, and the bus just started to fill with camera shutter noises. Even even the uh, the digital the digital sound on a on the iPhone. So it was some real, some digital. Mine in my case, both. I was taking it with both. I had my I had a my DSL cam- DSLR camera and my iPhone for those immediate posts to Facebook and Twitter. So that that's just all you could hear. You could hear some murmuring and talking, but it was mostly all camera shutter noise is actually pretty funny. Uh, in hindsight, I wish I'd recorded that, but hopefully I'll have another chance one day to capture that because it its its it was cool, but, but kind of funny. So we kept getting closer as we finally got to... We, every turn we took, you didn't think we'd get any closer, but we kept getting closer, kept getting closer, and then we finally did stop. And when we got off the bus, we were looking directly at Orion, or the, the whole thing, Orion atop, of the Delta IV Heavy. It was right there, right in front of us. And awe-inspiring is a term that I don't use lightly, much, really, ever. And in fact, I don't think I even use that term, but it applies here. Seeing that, being in front of it was incredible. It was awe-inspiring. It's, th- to use that word, uh, that phrase, that's exactly what it was. I have been to Kennedy Space Center Once with Columbia on the launch pad and another time with Discovery. And we were never that close. The bus tour actually would be rerouted. So you could see the shuttles on the pads, but you weren't close. You weren't this close for sure. So this is the closest I'd ever been to a NASA space vehicle. And I just, that moment really is the first, oh my God, I am so lucky to be here moment. I mean, a lot had led up to that as you heard so far in this recording, but that was the one where it's like, okay, this is I need to appreciate how fortunate I am to be here today seeing what I'm seeing. And, and I did. I, I made the most of that moment that I could, which actually wasn't long lived. We didn't leave the area. We just, once we got off the bus and we took it all in, we all had to actually turn our backs to Orion, which is like the last thing everyone wanted us to do, but it's for a good reason, We were getting a group picture of the social media or the the NASA social group in front of Orion. So, the Orion behind us, we all looked. There's a gentleman on a very tall ladder. I'm going to say it was probably 10 or 14 footers, probably closer to a 14 footer. Ah, It doesn't matter. That is really consequential, this whole story. But he was on top of the ladder taking our picture. Picture did post to Twitter later that day, and I grabbed a copy and retweeted it and put it on Facebook. Uh, but like I said, it was uh, we, we kept looking over our shoulders, probably to the annoyance of the photographer because we wanted us all to look forward. But we finally got the picture taken, he took quite a few, and we could turn back around, take in Orion again. But there was one more thing we had to do before we'd be let loose to really just take pictures and walk just a little closer to it, it's really across the road, not much closer. But one more thing we had to do, which was a cool thing, not complaining. The president and CEO of the United Launch Alliance, Tori Bruno, was there to speak to us. So, real quick right here, if you aren't familiar with familiar with the United Launch Alliance, it's short is ULA, and that is the letters you'll see on all the Atlas and Delta launches, because that's what they do. It is a it's a it is a joint venture between Lockheed Martin and the Boeing Company, and they set up and launch the Delta and Atlas rockets for NASA. So before being let loose on Orion in a sense, uh, here is a little bit of Tori Bruno's address to us.
1: Well, when I heard you guys were here, I just had to take a minute to come by and see you because I know you're a group of folks who love rockets, love space like I do. Yeah! Yeah. Yeah. Yeah beautiful sight. That is 25 stories high, a million and a half pounds of propellant. And when we light this guy tomorrow, she is going to come to life. Two million pounds of thrust. We're going to put Orion right back out into space. But it is really special that you are here today for this particular mission. I mean, every launch is exciting and none of them are routine, but this one is special. This marks the beginning of just this great adventure. We are going back into space, and we're gonna extend human presence beyond our planet. This is the beginning of that journey, and you are gonna be able to say years from now, oh yes, I was there. Mm -hmm. I was at Cape Canaveral when Orion made its maiden flight. So you are really, really in a special place, and thank you all for coming thank you, thank you. To do, this half is go DILSA, this half is go Orion.
0: ready after he was done he took plenty of time to answer questions and pictures and whatnot and on one hand I wish I had taken advantage of that but on the other hand I again, Having never experienced one of these socials before, I didn't want to waste a minute of the time I did have to really take a close look at Orion and the Delta IV Heavy, take as many pictures as I could, and just enjoy the moment. Uh, Probably in hindsight, I, I could have waited to have my picture taken with Mr. Bruno, but didn't know that and, and comfortable with the decision I made to just sit there and look at Orion, take pictures. And I did. I took pictures. I, I took hundreds of pictures. I took panoramics with the phone. I took pictures at every angle and every focal length with my DSLR. I took a selfie, which went immediately on as my Facebook profile page. After I took it, I even had a staff member take a picture in front of me in the rocket, uh, in front of the rocket, which is... Uh, I'm not a good posed picture taker, uh, but I, I wanted to get that moment caught on digital film, whatever you want to call it. I wanted to get that moment captured, and I did. And we had a lot of time, and we didn't have a lot of time. It all depends how you look at it. I mean, I had enough time to do all these things, but I would have loved to have spent the more time out there. And I think everyone else would have. But on the other hand, I don't think anyone had any complaints of the time we did have out there. So it's just one of those things that you don't want to end, but it has to. And And we went on to other great things. That's it for this episode of the NeoZaz.com Orion EFT-1 miniseries. Part two is up next, and in that part, we learn a lot more about Orion from some pretty exciting guest speakers during a series of events. To hear all that, check out part two of this special NeoZaz.com Orion EFT-1 miniseries. This has been a special podcast from the NeoZaz.com Internet Entertainment Network. For more great podcast series and original entertainment, please visit our website at NeoZaz.com. Follow at NASA Social on Twitter for all the NASA Social news, events, and coverage. Get all the latest Neozaz.com news, episode releases, and more at our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Neozaz Podcast, or follow us on Twitter from the account at Neozaz. This special podcast episode was produced independently by the Neozaz.com Internet Entertainment Network and is not affiliated with nor endorsed by NASA or the NASA Social Media Group. Orion, EFT-1, and all NASA mission, spacecraft, facilities, and equipment names are the intellectual property of the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. For more news and events from NASA, visit nasa.gov or follow their Facebook page at facebook.com slash nasa. Thanks for listening.